I'm Todd Dills, and in this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, we shift gears a bit from last week's talk with small fleet owner-operator Monty Wiederhold about direct ship freight to the Landstar leased operation of Keith Sampson, teaming with his wife, Vicki, and on a dedicated run that brings them back to the house weekly or more often, and delivers on a goal Keith says he's come to after years chasing rates and miles. That goal is stability at a high profit level, as you'll hear in our conversation that follows. Count him among the third of owner-operators who in recent polling noted a prioritization of income stability with time over a principal concern with maximum profitability. At once, the most common answer to the poll question, that it was ultimately hard to separate those two concerns, probably represents Sampson's outlook best. His example is clear evidence that you can have both without sacrificing your home life in the process. The dedicated run he's on promises him a predictable freight income, but likewise predictable schedules, and that allows him to focus on what he can control, keeping costs low, for instance, and maximize both profitability and time for what matters most at home. Based out of Arizona today, Samson will be familiar to regular listeners for his songwriting, We interviewed him about his Made Me Who I Am record just last month. Originally from West Virginia, we started the conversation with a bit of a narrative from Keith about just how he got started there in trucking in the 1980s. Uh, 1986, I was working in a warehouse. Uh, We we did a lot of steel auto racks for like the Volkswagen plant and stuff in in South Charleston, West Virginia. And uh, that's where you grew up in West Virginia, right? Yes, yes. I grew up in West Virginia, born and raised there, and and uh, I had asthma growing up as a kid. So when it when it got really cold, uh, I couldn't take the you know how cold it got because I couldn't breathe. And so uh, the uh, the steel plant that I was working at, the driver quit, and uh, they you know we were sitting in a break room, and they, they the manager came in and said, "Can anybody in here drive a truck?" And and I was working in a warehouse. It was cold. There's no insulation. I mean. We're doing all kinds of stuff with steel, so that even seems to me twice as cold. So I, I raised my hand and I said, I can drive a truck. And uh, <laughs> I was loading trucks, distant, you know, loading trucks and stripping steel with, you know, torches and welding and all. I was doing a little bit of everything. And I, I thought, man, I'll, I'll drive that truck. I, it can't be that hard. And they said, okay, load up the truck, load mine up and strap it down, chain it down on a flatbed and, uh, follow me so i i did it you know after probably 20 miles i could get through all the gears i got through first four or five and then i would have to push the clutch in and slow down and start all over because i couldn't figure out where the rest of the gears was then whenever i because it was a ford cl 9000 cab over and it was a 13 speed so it was a there was too many buttons in there i didn't know what they worked so i was afraid to push them or pull them so then uh (laughs) after that by the time i got up to the plant which is about 25 miles away 30 miles away i thought man this is what i want to do and so i they kept me on as the driver so i i stayed there until they they kind of closed the plant down and went back to uh uh, ohio and they shut the plant down in west virginia so then i thought man i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna move to florida and uh, get me a job driving a truck over the road this is what i want to do and then that's it it kind of went from there and uh 30 sure. years later, I'm still here, and uh, I've been uh, owner-operator since uh, 1997. I bought my first truck. Samson's current truck, meanwhile, 
I've got a mine's a 2014 uh, Volvo uh, V&L, but I got the you know the extra the custom sleeper, the ARI 156 yep. inch sleeper on it. Since '97, I mean, uh, so '97 I bought my first truck and me and my wife run it. And then I had this idea that I want to be an owner operator with multiple trucks. So then we eventually bought seven trucks and we had seven trucks we had drivers running them and you know we're still out here running so uh it got to be too overwhelming too difficult to manage a trucking company a small trucking company and still be out here on the road as a team uh running five and six thousand miles a week to try to maintain all that so we got rid of all of them in 2003 and then we just we just keep our the one truck that we drive. So now I just buy a truck about every three or four years and and just trade them in and get rid of them and just kind of just keep one. I, I don't want the the fleet kind of keep everything under warranty. Yeah, yeah, keep everything under warranty, and that's a, that's a big key. Um, you know, buying a I mean, you can buy a truck and you can keep it for ten years and you can pay for it, but it's it seems to turn into a money pit and what things and technology changing the way it does now i mean to to convert your truck to this or to this or to this i mean it's just it's just money 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 and you're better off to just every three or four years kind of get rid of it you get your top resale out of a truck when it's under five hundred thousand miles that's when you get your best resale so that's the time you know to trade it in it's around the four hundred eighty thousand mile range and you get your best resale, and then, you know, you can move on to the next truck, and you have something else that's fully under warranty, bumper to bumper. How much? Uh, how many miles do you guys as a team end up putting on every year? Uh, I guess if it's a, if you're doing it every three or four years, you're probably you're probably getting, what, uh, putting about 150 every year as a team? Yeah, we, we, uh, we've slowed down. We used to run hard, and... Uh, okay. I mean, it, it's hard on the it's hard on the body. It's hard on the equipment. I mean, it's uh, you yep. know, it's, and miles to me doesn't equal money. Uh, money money sure. equals money. So uh, we run about one hundred twenty five thousand miles a year as a team, sure. and we you know we make a good living because we have a dedicated run now. So we've kind of lucked into that. But uh, even when we didn't have a dedicated run for the last couple of years, we try to keep and maintain about one hundred twenty five. 130,000 miles a year as a team, and I know a lot of people saying, well, man, I run 200,000 miles, but that goes back right. again to miles don't equal money. You're, I mean, you, you're wearing out the equipment and, and your body and, you know, I mean, family, you're, you're sacrificing a lot for that extra 70,000 miles or whatever, you know, in my book. When did you hit upon this, this dedicated situation that you're doing now, and, uh, and you know, what do you feel that's done for the for the business for us as a team my wife and I I mean just just the peace of mind uh, that, that you you have the, the same run and you know it's like everything else in the truck and uh, nothing lasts forever so you kind of make the best of it and, and stockpile as much as you can because you know it's eventually everything comes to an end so uh, but the dedicated run we've been doing this for right at a little bit over a year as a dedicated run, but we ran this about a year prior to that. When it, it wasn't dedicated, we would go one way and then we'd have to find the load to get us back to grab the next one to do the same thing. Okay. So uh, so we had to always find find stuff to 
we'd always try to line ourselves up before we got to the other end so that we could grab something and come back with. But uh, now that it's a dedicated, it's a trip over, unload, reload, and come right straight back. So it's now it's worked out even even that that much more uh, to our benefit because now we're able to get uh, three days off here at the house or two or three days and taking care of uh, our, my mother-in-law and, and step well, father-in-law, my wife's uh, stepfather and mother. Okay. So it gives us time to to kind of sit back and relax and take it all in and enjoy what uh, what we have left here to enjoy. You know, I mean, it's a sacrifice so much over the years, just running, 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 thinking that I was going to, you know, get rich someday. And uh, you can, you can, you can that that song on this on the CD, "Money Don't Make the Man." I kind of got caught up in that trap of thinking that I wanted to buy this, 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 and this because I never had that, that, you know. So I, right. I'm out there pounding the pavement. I'm buying boats. I got campers. I got cars. I got trucks. I got thinking I could have it all. And the the sacrifice at the end of the day when the lights go out, uh, at the end of the day, none of that stuff really matters. It's it's It doesn't make you... It, the money don't make the man, and so it does, you can make all you want, but that doesn't mean that you're a better person. Or it's what you sacrifice, and you, you know your friends and family. That's kind of what makes you a, who you are. Right. I, you know, I asked this question recently on um, on Overdrive's uh, website. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what was the what was the the bigger priority in the business? Uh, was it? Was it profit? Was it you know constantly focused on on getting more and more profitable, or or is a stability in, income stability more, more important factor for for you? And I haven't I haven't seen the results just yet. In fact, I just I just posed this question today. Um, actually, well, well, we're we're talking uh, in mid May here, but um, um, I'm, I'd be interested to see what the results are. But it sounds like you know for you you came to a you came to a place where, uh, where where that profitability side, that kind of short-term gain, constantly looking for uh, you know the most money possible, um, mm-hmm. took, ultimately took a backseat to to what you have now, which is which is a stable situation. Absolutely, the, the stability and the peace of the stability and the peace of mind, and you know uh, that that you have or that I have. Uh, speaking for myself, my wife. Uh, and the, the time with your friends and family, because you sacrifice a lot of that when you're out on the road calling. I mean, there's a lot of my, my I'm fortunate because my wife's with me and we run team, but the family's at home. I mean, the husband or the wife is sacrificing so much family time and, you know, this and that. And it, it's okay to be, pro- you can be profitable and have stability at the same time. It's just, they got to balance each other. You, I mean, to, to try one or the other. I mean, we're, we're profitable and more and more very stable and at peace. And it seems like to us the uh, the truck. And since we have changed our focus to this way of life, trucking is so much easier now than than it's ever been because we're not chasing one thing. We're not chasing. You know, we're we're focused on being stable, have peace of mind, still enjoy friends and family uh, uh, events. Uh, things like that right. you if you're focused all on the money aspect of it you you seem to lose all that and that's that goes back to again to where i wrote that song that's what we did 
we were focused on money, 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 money. And uh, what we sacrificed and I think what we lost in the process was ourself and, and the time with our friends and family and, and just, you know, it was all about the money. And, it, and actually, that's when I learned that money don't make the man. And you can have all you want, but at the end of the day, I mean, what is, what is money really worth? Well, tell me how you, uh, you, you've come upon this dedicated run, you, uh, well, leased Landstar. Tell me when, uh, tell me when you joined, uh, came on the, into the Landstar system. Was it, uh, was it after you'd, uh, after you'd had, uh, multiple trucks or was it before? The... Uh, no, yeah, it was after we, we had the multiple trucks and we got rid of the trucks in, uh, 2003 and then, uh, we ran a, a dedicated run for a little while there, uh, uh, hauling kind of mail, third class mail, kind of like FedEx Good. stuff. So we did that mm -hmm. for a while, and I mean, it was just it just got to be too much because it's just miles, 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 and you know that's where another again, where they say miles equals money, and and, you, and when you don't know any better, you you seem to think it does. So you're trying to run as many miles, and then when we came over here to Landstar in two 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 thousand nine, uh, we we started picking and choosing our own freight and our own freight lanes and what direction we want to go and when we want to work. And it, it's all about being a business person over here also because you have to you have to dispatch yourself. So you have to work good with agents and you have to work good with, you know, shippers and receivers because basically at the end of the day, I don't care how many trucks you own, that's your bread and butter. So, I mean, I look at it like this. Everybody has a boss. I don't care how high up the ladder you are. Because if you don't provide service, uh, you know, exceptional service to your customers and shippers, then you don't have a job. It doesn't matter if Landstar or any other company can still get that freight. Uh, if they don't want you back on our property because of an attitude or this or that, then, then you, you know, you're pretty much going to lose, at the end of the day, uh, everything you've worked for. So, right. and, uh, But we, we find we've been here almost eight years. It'll be eight years this August. Uh, and okay. we'll be here at Landstar, but this is the most freedom that we've ever had and the most relaxing trucking job that we've ever had since I started driving in 1986, 30-plus years ago. I think the way that it works over here and, and other companies that's like Landstar is if mm -hmm. you fail, it is not their fault. It, I mean, it goes back to the decisions and stuff that you make. What it, what is it that you want? What is it that suits you? And so a, a lot of people say, well, uh, it was this company or that company's fault. I can see that as a company driver. But when you're the one that's calling all the shots and, you know, face it, the, every mistake, you know, uh, every mistake we make costs money. So the right. way I look at it is if I can't blame anybody but myself if I fail at what I'm doing because right. I'm calling the shots. Whether I'm uh, loaded one way or both ways or, or whatever, uh, the, the round still pays the same. So, I mean, we try to, you know, we haul least amount of weight. And I still see a lot of people on Facebook and other sites talking. Uh, people approach me at the fuel stop sometimes and they say, how big is that truck? How much does that weigh? And blah, blah, blah. I bet you can't haul, I bet you can't haul 40,000 pounds. And I said, why would you want to haul 40,000 pounds? I mean, it's not about, I don't get paid by the pound. I get paid by the mile. And uh, if you're looking for a 40,000-pound load, 
that's cutting into your fuel economy, the wear and tear on your truck, I mean, the body. The So I want the best paying load I can find at the lightest weight I can get. I don't care about weight, what I, what I can, you know, I'm not trying to out, uh, haul 40, 45,000 pounds out there. As a matter of fact, I like under, I want under 20 actually, but <laughs> but there's a lot of people that still think that, uh, they're getting paid by the pound. I mean, I'm sure in some instances, like when you haul potatoes and stuff, I did that years ago, that paid by the pound. But but most is not. <laughs> most stuff is not. Right. Most, most, most of that food. freight is not by weight. You're exactly right. It, it goes by the truckload or how much they can get on there. You know, I want the, the lightest weight that I could possibly haul. You know, if you had a final piece of advice for, you know, for guys that are thinking about um, – Thinking about going the owner operator route, I guess if you're talking to that you're talking to a, a current company driver, a guy that's that's not really gotten into the industry yet. What uh, what piece of advice would you give him? I would I would say to learn as much about the trucking industry as you can. And when I say that, I'm talking about the mechanics of the truck, uh, what things cost, uh, you know, things that you can fix and do for yourself to save save yourself from money from going into a repair shop and be knowledgeable, you know, with the mechanics of everything. And also the, the, the freight lanes that, I mean, when you go into a truck stop, I think they still have them. There's load boards on there and you can see what this load pays going from here to here. So you might not be able to pick that load because you're driving for a company, but you can look at the rate. And if that, if that rate is such an extraordinary rate, and it's taking you to North Dakota, say, you pretty much better calculate in your mind that you're probably going to have to deadhead at least 500 to 1,000 miles out of that area to get a better paying load. So like a lot of loads go to Florida, they pay good going down. Nine times out of ten, unless you have something already set up, you're going to deadhead back out of Miami, pretty much the whole state of Florida. So you've got to right. calculate that in there. So pay attention to the areas that you're running in certain times of the year and what the freight pays, whether you're doing a reefer or uh, flatbed loads or van loads. I mean, all, all of that plays a big part in, in your, uh, your bottom line. And just, you know, make sure that the truck is maintained the best, it, best possible with the proper, you know, air inflation in the tires to, you know, setting that cruise running 67 miles an hour. We, uh, we run, across 10 and 20 sometimes and uh speed limit 80 miles an hour and my truck is not governed i can do whatever i want but we set our cruise about 67 miles an hour i got a 150 cents uh, 156 inch sleeper with a 302 wheelbase tractor with a 53 foot van trailer we average 7.2 miles to the gallon and i think if you're getting less than seven miles to the gallon your profit is going right out the exhaust so right. it's either you driving your 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 driving habits, or it could be the equipment. And sometimes that means getting rid of it to to maximize your profits. You feel like you found the sweet spot for that engine and for for fuel economy. It sounds like exactly, and, and you got to find the yeah. sweet spot. You got to make sure everything is maintained and and try to tackle the problem before before it becomes a, a breakdown on the side of the road. Uh, I mean, when I drove for owner-operators prior to being a 
being an owner operator myself, I wanted to learn everything I could learn. I mean, from changing alternators to starters to turbos to ECMs to everything, I wanted to learn how to do that. And I was able to, you know, whenever I took an owner operator's truck in the shop, I went in there and I would talk to the mechanic and say, was this driver error? Was it my fault? Or is there something I could have done to prevent this? Uh, or was it just a mechanical failure? And most of the time I got an answer and I said, be honest, you know, if, if it was my fault or there was something I could have done to stop this, I want to know because I eventually want to be an owner operator and these are things that I can learn as a company driver that's not coming out of my pocket now that sure. could benefit me in the long run when I want to be an owner operator. Such practices clearly served Keith well through the years and something you can take to heart if you're just getting started out. That's it for this podcast, and I wanted to thank you for listening, wherever you listen. You can subscribe to the Overdrive Radio podcast on iTunes, listen via TuneIn.com anytime, or feed it through various Android podcasting apps as well. Alternately, check back weekly at OverdriveOnline.com, click Podcasts in the header at the top of the page. Until next time, stay safe out there.